Lord, pour out your spirit upon us. With your word in lightness, open our ears, open our minds, open our hearts, so that we might live in hope. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, our text is from this 10-chapter long section of Luke's Gospel that's known as the Journey Narrative. The Journey being to Jerusalem. It started back in the end of the ninth chapter of Luke where we read, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And then in the 13th chapter we read, Jesus went through one town and village after another, teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. Well, today's, today's reading begins with a, a surprise, a friendly warning from Pharisees. Now, generally, Pharisees were not what you'd call friendly toward Jesus. Usually, we hear how they're plotting, how to discredit Jesus, how to get rid of him, even how to kill him. And yet, there were some Pharisees who were who were open to Jesus. Two or three of them we know by name. In the third chapter of John, a Pharisee comes at night to talk with Jesus. And it was to this Pharisee, Nicodemus, that Jesus told the mystery and necessity of being born again. And it was to Nicodemus that Jesus said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but may have eternal life. Another, another friendly Pharisee named in Luke's Gospel is Joseph of Arimathea. In the 23rd chapter of Luke, you can read that now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph. If you were written up in the Bible, wouldn't you like that to be your, your description? There was a good and righteous person named, fulfill in your name, named Joseph in this case who though a member of the council had not agreed to their plan and action, he came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, and this Pharisee, he both disagreed with Pilate giving Jesus over to the Romans to be crucified, and this Pharisee, Joseph, provided the tomb for the dead body of Jesus Christ. Listen now for the word of God in our reading from Luke 13, starting at the 31st verse. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, get away from here for Herod wants to kill you. He said to them, go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, 
Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. O Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you ever called someone, someone who's in high office by some animal name? And no, I don't mean donkey or elephant. <laughs> There's some donkey relatives people use on that. Well, in the good old U.S. <laughs> Jack something, I guess. Uh, in the good old USA, you and I, we enjoy freedom of speech and a constitutionally guaranteed right to say Say what we will about people in power. You can call the mayor, the county commissioner, the governor, or the president, whatever you like, without fear that you will be arrested, tortured, disappeared, or sawn into pieces. But that was not the case. That was not the case when Jesus referred to Herod Antipas son of Herod the Great. The Herods were a whole family of rulers for about 100 years there. Tetrarch, that is ruler of Galilee, whom Jesus called that fox. Calling Herod a fox, that was a dangerous insult. Foxes were said to be sly and cunning. And in the Bible, foxes often represented false prophets. If you wanted to honor a leader, you'd call him a lion, not a fox. So what message did Jesus send that old fox, Herod? Well, first Jesus describes his work and his future. Listen, I'm casting out demons, performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I'll finish my work. Knowing that he was headed to the cross, Jesus kept up his healing work and foretold his finishing his work with resurrection on the third day. Then Jesus laments the city. Oh, today and tomorrow I must be on my way because it's impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem, the city that kills prophets. Jerusalem had bad history with prophets. Just one example. In the 26th chapter of Jeremiah, you can read, there was another man prophesying in the name of the Lord, Uriah, son of Shemaiah from Kiriah-Jerim. He prophesied against the city and against the land in words exactly like those of Jeremiah. And when King Jehoiakim, with all his warriors and all the officials, heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But when Uriah heard of it, he was afraid and fled and escaped to Egypt. Then King Jehoiakim sent Elmathan, son of Akbar, and the men with him to Egypt. And they took Uriah from Egypt and brought him to King Jehoiakim, who struck him down with a sword and threw his dead body into the burial place of the common people. Jerusalem did not have good history with prophets. Then Jesus said, 
How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Did you notice that phrase, desired to gather? As an Atlanta minister and editor of the Presbyterian Outlook, Jill Duffield writes, I'm not sure we often think of God as desiring us, longing for us. We are more likely to see God as judging us or correcting us or punishing us or testing us or condemning us. Or maybe we see God as distant, disinterested, way up there, out there, far away from where we live. But Luke shows that in Jesus, God is close and God is desiring us. God wants to be close to us. And that's not just in Luke. You can read about it in, in Genesis, you know, after they, they had eaten that fruit, whether it was an apple or whatever, and were hiding and God came to the garden and called to them, where are you? He was looking for them. And throughout the Bible, in Sunday school, we talked about the story of the prodigal son, the, the forgiving father running to his son to gather up this prodigal son who'd been off wasting his inheritance and profligate living. God reaching out to us. Finally, Jesus said, See, your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Now you know where and when we'll hear that little part of Psalm 118, the 26th verse. You know when we'll hear that again. Palm Sunday. The phrase the crowns will chant is from that verse. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Of course, by the end of that week of Easter, those same crowns will be in Jerusalem and chanting, crucify him, crucify. Well, you and I, we can seek to make peace with the Herods of this world, to serve them, to fear their bullying power, what amounts to essentially worshiping them. But what kind of peace comes with that? A peace with a high cost. Jesus already told us that such rulers are like foxes. They are rapacious and violent. They prey on the young and the weak and the defenseless. Or we can follow the God who desires to gather us under his wings, to protect us, to love us. We can worship the one who said, for God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that everyone who believes may not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Thanks be to God. Go forth celebrating faith. Go forth celebrating hope. And go forth celebrating love. Go forth to be the transformed people that God calls us to be. Go forth to transform the world in times of prosperity and in times of disbelief or hostility or fear or rejection, go forth with a sure and certain knowledge that you are always 
always surrounded by the presence of God, our rock and our redeemer. And may the love of God uphold you, the light of Christ guide you, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit fill you with joy now and forevermore. Amen.